What is happening, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Christian Hansen Show. Episode 74 is here, as am I, the one speaking Christian Hansen on the mic. I hope all is well. Episode 74, Jack Baker, the guest today, a friend of mine in the comedy circle here in the uh, Midwest area. Jack is... uh, just got done filming his debut special at the Comedy Vault in Batavia, Illinois. I think about two weeks removed now. It's been about since he's done it, maybe a little bit longer, but uh, still very fresh off of it. <clears throat> and I wanted to catch him, uh, you know, after it to see, you know, walk through what was it like. I mean, he's been doing comedy for the better part of a little over 12 years now. And first special is always got to be special, no pun intended. So. I had a great chat with him. It was very, very fun. It felt like a pre, you know, like a during COVID conversation for the podcast. It was very engaging. And that's something that I strive to do each and every time. Uh, It takes time to get there, though. Uh, You know, it's been a while. I think the Emma Willman episode was a very engaging one in person, though, that it was. So it was an in-person one. So obviously you had that extra feel. But this felt good. Uh, it felt good. You know what I mean when I say it felt good. You'll understand. You'll hear it. You'll you'll listen and and know what I mean. But uh, thank you all for coming back. Very very fun conversation. Be sure to check out the Instagram as well. It's the Christian Hansen Show on Instagram. Uh, we're on YouTube. Don't use it much. Instagram's the way to go. If there's someone you want to see, let me know. Message me. DM me so I can reach out to them. Uh, got some guests coming up here. I won't announce them yet because they're all in the works, but uh, glad to be back in some capacity. Uh, without further ado, this is me talking to friend and comedian Jack Baker. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, man? Can you hear me? Yeah. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Yeah, man. I appreciate so, you doing very this. Excited to be here. Yeah, man. I'm very excited to have you. <clears throat> Where are you at? You at home right now? I am. This is uh, the same backdrop that all my coworkers get on Zoom calls at work. <laughs> you work from home? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, that's nice. I wish I could do that. I did that for a little bit during the start of COVID, and I said screw it because I just. I need to exist, right? It's really hard to not <laughs> see people, right, in the flesh. So I'm like, I got to leave this job. And now I'm in the office, and now I'm like, you know what? I wish I can not exist again. That'd be great. That's how it goes. You always want what you can't have. Yeah. Are you hybrid, or are you doing this, like, full-time? I, I'm hybrid, so hybrid. I work yeah, from that's home great. That's perfect. That's how it should that's be. Nice. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, you've uh, you've had a lot of stuff going on, man. You just had a, a, a big a big thing recently, right? What was that? Uh, I, <laughs> just taped your, your debut special, huh? I did, yeah, at the uh, February nineteenth. So it's like three weeks ago now. Three weeks ago. It's still, yeah. It still was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I miss it. I wish every show was like that one. Yeah. I mean, how long? So you've been doing this now for how many years? I started my first time doing stand up was May eighteenth, two thousand and ten. Oh wow! It's been a long time. Long time. Now Coming you come up on thirteen years. Jeez, that's crazy. Now, what else do you do? Obviously, besides uh, obviously. Besides the comedy, you do work. My as- real life is spent doing digital marketing. Digital marketing. I do digital marketing strategy for mm. uh, an agency in uh, Wheaton. Wheaton, very good. What is that? How does what is I don't what is digital marketing? Uh, like uh, pay per click ads. Uh, so oh, like okay. a Google search ads and SEO. Oh, and that clickbait shit. That shit marketing. that follows you around. 
Oh, see, I don't. Do, we we work in like heavy manufacturing oh, okay. and right. in like industrial. So like we, it's <laughs> so like yes, but not what you're thinking of at all. Okay. So not not geared. Same same thing, but not no, the same. We're thing. not like trying to sell you products. It's okay, more that's like. Great. Yeah, our clients have like big, heavy, heavy machinery. It's not okay. like we're trying to get you to buy something. Yeah, and then you're you're pushing it around. towards them. Yeah. No, well, good. we're bringing them towards us. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah, right. That's, that's the whole point of marketing. <laughs> dang, dang. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man, that's good. How so? How long have you been? So you've been at it since 2010. Um, I mean, where the hell did you get the the itch for it? Like growing up, like what was? So I can tell you the exact moment I decided I wanted to do stand-up comedy. Mm. I was in seventh grade. I was watching. Uh, there was a Comedy Central presents countdown of like oh, the best yeah. comedy. Those old half-hour mm-hmm. specials that they used to do. And number three was Mitch Hedberg. Oh and god! Watching that for the first time, it blew my mind. I remember sitting like it was on my mom's bed because I, I, they were like watching TV downstairs on the big TV. So I had to like watch on the little TV. Yeah. My mom's room watching that, laughing to myself and going, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So I've known since like seventh grade, that was something that I wanted to do. Yeah, and obviously there's a bunch of shit that happens in between, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. You, yeah. Um, no, you get to, so Hedberg was, was the one that, that was, yeah. he's a weird dude, man. What, what was it about it though? For, for you? I, I mean, just, just I, I watched that one. I think that was what, uh, I think that was, I think Marin had one that same season, those half hour presents. But you could just yeah. blow through them in like a weekend. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, and now I have Paramount Plus now. and All, all that shit's on there. Every single on, one. You can, you can on watch there. that exact one, dude. Yeah. I, I have, I've watched it many times. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, like I used to watch Comedy Central. I used to watch every special that mm-hmm. they did. And I watched, I would like get up in the morning so that I could watch it when they had like the old reruns on first thing in the morning mm-hmm. uh, when we were like over the summer and stuff. I would watch it all the time. And his, it just blew my mind because it was so different than like all the other ones and like the way that he was writing jokes and talking about things and kind of how he looked at the world was just like so unique and it was so cool and it was so different from like all the other stuff that people were doing Mm -hmm. no i get it now growing up did you have any brothers sisters what was what was the deal uh two sisters one older and one younger oh god bless your soul how'd you make it through I didn't. You didn't. <laughs> well, you're here today, so that's great. You, you have survived that chapter. But was it? I mean, did you guys get along a lot? I mean, did you? Was there anything that you? I mean, or was it just like completely disconnected? Uh, I mean, we m- sort of got along. Our uh, childhood mm-hmm. family situation was basically just chaos from chaos, like, the yeah. time I was a baby until baby. Oof. I don't know, like 24. Then things okay. kind of like that. That's down. when you started comedy. I'm taking. I'm assuming. Uh, no, I was, <laughs> I, no, I was 20 yeah. when I started. So that was always also weird too. Like I couldn't get into places without my mom being there. Oh, and that's, you don't want her there. <laughs> I mean, she was a very supportive mom for like the first, you know, a couple times I did it and she would go. And then it got much better once she didn't she go. She didn't anymore. go. Yeah. That's usually how it happens. So you, you, you. You start after four years of chaos, which is which is pretty good. When I mean, I've done it a few times. It's not good. I did it just because I was kind of <laughs> forced to do it. I, I like to talk to them, hang around with these guys. But um, I feel like early on, it's it's very um, defeating, right? I mean, it's not. It's not like you just get up and do right away. I mean, it's gonna take years before you you get it you get it together. But what's uh, I always like asking? What is the 
I mean, how do you how do you get over that defeat? Because I feel like it's the first year, probably. It's just yeah. defeating. You just get up and then you get off and like, what am I doing with my life? I hate it. Uh, what is? I, how, I do, how do like, you do it? I feel like my situation was a little bit different because, like, mm -hmm. when I started, I wasn't really doing it that much. Okay, that's good. And though. so, like, I was in college still, and there weren't really any places to perform, you know, out. I was at NIU and okay, yeah, there wasn't really there. a lot Ain't going it, no. on when I first started. And so I would like do it over Christmas break and summer vacation. So it was just like fun because I would mm -hmm. just like do it as much as I yeah. could when I was home. And then I would have to go back to school and then I would like always be like thinking about it and kind mm -hmm. of like writing stuff down. But then I would just try and get in as much as I could, you know, on like breaks and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. And so it wasn't like I was like constantly going out every mm -hmm. night, getting like that feeling where you're just beaten down. Yeah, and just grinding. Yeah. I've always said, though, you kind of you have to be delusional to do stand up <laughs> comedy, but you have to be like there's like a sweet spot. You have to be like just delusional enough to think that it's going well when it's obviously and not, it's going to but work, not, but not so delusional that you think you're great. Because yeah. you also have that problem too, where people think that they're amazing right off the bat, and you're like, "Oh no!" That's like, very freaking true, man. Because uh, I'm, I'm piggyback on you know school and stuff with you as well, but uh, I'll, I won't forget. Mark Maron said the same thing because I saw him. It was uh, about a year. It'll be a year ago in April. I saw him at the Barrymore Theater in Madison, and the last forty freaking minutes, you seen someone. I mean, he's 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 fucking Mark Maron. You don't need to explain who yeah. this guy is. You see him go backstage and he asked the crowd he goes hey i don't really do this often but i'm getting ready to film a special that was the hbo one that just came out oh yeah and he goes could i go in the green room and get my notebook of new material that i'm just trying to work out and everyone's like yeah of course so he goes back there gets his raggedy old notebook and he just sits there for 40 minutes riffing going did you did you should i leave it is that good <laughs> and even at that stage you still have to be delusional and lucky what you just said to know yeah. that you can't think you're great. He still doesn't even well, think he's great. Well, and that's the problem. That's the right too, way to approach it. You get to when you reach his level of comedy, where like all of those people in that giant theater are there to see, see him. him. And yeah. so even like his riffs and ideas that aren't good, they're going to get. They're going to get that laugh, yeah. Because people are fans and they're already bought in. And Which I is think bullshit also, too, because he's asking for your help here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's also too why you see like so many comedians who like when they're coming up, they're like really good and their material's really tight. And like that first special is amazing. And then they have to do a second one that, you know, didn't have as much time to get yeah. ready and it's not as good. And then they're like a big star for special three. And it's like, oh, this one's not good anymore because once you like reach a certain level of fandom you don't get honest responses from people sure. and it doesn't like challenge you to continue like actually trying to like really get better you right. know that's why like you can tell when someone has like really like worked out their material in like the shittiest clubs and rooms and things like that because it's like really 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 good mm -hmm. yeah no i mean i've like uh yeah, Nate Bargesi's done that too. I mean, he's he's done all the greatest hits two times over in some nights in these some cities. Just just doesn't work. It's just <laughs> unbelievable stuff that hits everywhere else just doesn't work. But so you went to NIU. What did you? I take you majored then in what you're working in now. Uh, no, I oh, I majored in uh, journalism and psychology. Mm. I got a minor in philosophy. Okay, I'm trying to figure. So what's the through line here? Because those are all different. Like in completely. Well, if you put. <laughs> 
<laughs> the through line is is that uh, at NIU, the journalism major is not that many credits. So you have to do other things still in order to graduate. And so like after I was going to be done with my journalism degree and a, a philosophy minor, I still needed like 30 some credits in oh, order wow. to graduate. And it was like only one extra credit to like get a psychology degree. So I was like, I like psychology. I might as well just do that too. And so that was kind of how that happened. But it was, I mean, it actually worked out really well because I ended up getting involved in like a cognitive psychology project specifically Hmm. because I had a background in journalism and we were looking at how people learn and retain information from news articles. And so like it was like this weird thing that just kind of lined up perfectly where it was like both of the things that I was working on came together, came together and got yeah. involved in this cool, you know, project that ended up getting like published and presented at some conferences eventually. Interesting. So then, so you're at NIU doing that. What were the spots that you were doing though? Comedy though, because obviously there, even out there now, there is one, there's a brewery out there that does it. They have like a, um, yeah, I'm headlining next Byers? Saturday. Is it Byers? <laughs> Byers Brewery. I did, I've done yeah. their open mic there with the music stuff, but that, so that's now, right? But back then, what are, what are we looking at? Like early, what mid two, so, late two thousand? Yeah, uh, two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. Yeah, so there's there. what's out there, or where are you doing these spots when you have those breaks? So uh, back in the day, there was uh, the Comedy Shrine. Oh, it was in downtown that. Naperville. It was in Naperville they at the later, time. They later moved to Aurora, but oh, wow. they were in downtown Naperville at the time. That was like the best mic because they would get like 60, 70 audience members. Oh, I know. I've seen you run one that had 60 or 70 people on the <laughs> list to sign up and like 300 people. Oh, no, this room. was audience just to oh. watch. Oh, wow. It was, it was a hot room back then. It was always good. Oh, God. Uh, there was, there's some other places. There was one spot in DeKalb that would do comedy sometimes, which was the house cafe. Oh yeah. Which does not exist anymore. The guy ran a uh, jolly big red beard. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, he was one, there have been so many people mm-hmm. that ran yeah, that yeah, place. Yeah. It had, He's the OG. It went, through, yeah. it went through so many different owners mm-hmm. and it was always kind of like a wonderful train wreck. <laughs> But then it was also just like a lot of like like talent shows on mm-hmm. campus and things like that. I would do any of those just because it was like a chance to kind of try out Put yourself stuff. out there. Yeah, those got hurt though because I mean those did those. How did those go? I mean those usually they're easy. That's an easy crowd. Yeah, yeah. You can. It's just like stacking a room full of friends and like making dumb inside jokes <laughs> about your like the you school, can just make the community. Yeah, the town. exactly. Everyone knows the school, so mm-hmm. you like make a joke about like the shitty dorm food and everyone's like oh he's so smart yeah no that's good i did a show for niu like not that long ago uh there's a comedian out there his name's uh xavier smith yeah he's a junior now yeah he's a funny guy i think he he does that one at buyers like that comedy yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. he does like uh he runs his show and i went out there and i was like man it's uh great to be back here i just wish they weren't paying me in husky bucks (laughs) <laughs> and then the kids fucking lost their minds. They're like, oh, he knows the stuff like we know. Yeah. But like it's it was so it was just like that. You just make a joke about school and everyone's, you know, on board and laughing. Mm-hmm. So and then that was so I'm trying to think. So when uh, when did the at, at what point do you think was was the point for you? Like, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still try to do this. And when did the money start to turn for that? Because it's so hard. I mean, I've talked to people who've been doing this their whole life and you know 
probably you know have made a living off of it but at what point did you think you were at the time where you're like okay i think this is this is a sustainable thing i can really move with <laughs> you know it, it's it's i feel like it's not like one moment no. where it was it, it wasn't like one day and something mm -hmm. clicked it was more just like gradually kind of mm -hmm. improving over time you know like uh I was working I, back like when I was still in school, I was running uh, lights and sound at the uh, comedy shrine. So oh, I was okay. like seating people. I was like cleaning up after shows. Oh, so you were working like, in the club already. So you were in you were in it. Yeah. And so just kind of like being around comedy all the time really helped me like level up so much quicker oh, yeah. than people who were just doing it just because I could watch people who've been doing it for, you know, 15, 20 years every day. Mm hmm. And so it was like a great learning experience. And then that kind of like opened the door to like guest spots. And then it's like, oh man, I'm performing yeah, yeah, on yeah. stage at a comedy club, but you're not getting paid, nope. but you know, but it's still like, it's, it's like that step where you're like, oh, I'm great. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh wait, no, this isn't that great. It's, yeah, I'm just yeah. doing like five minutes, but then you get leveled up to hosting and you're like, man, I'm the shit now I'm hosting. And then you're like, wait, why am I not featuring? Yeah, and right. so it's always just like, it keeps, I don't know, just over time. And then eventually you know, you'll be at some, you know, show out in Rockford <laughs> or you watched a bunch of people bomb and then you're like doing really well with the room and you're like, oh, no, I am good at this. Yeah. So I just like it just, you know, slowly improving over time, mm -hmm. I guess there was no like moment. But and that was kind of why I decided to do the special. That was more like the a challenge to myself to really like prove that i'm as good as i think i am yeah. in my head <laughs> and it's not it's not like a cocky like prove that i'm good it's to prove that okay i've been doing this for how many fucking years now i can i could put yeah. together this the thing it sucks so with that i think though it there comes that expectation it's like well now that we've seen jack crush this when i see jack next time what has he got i feel like that's and, that's always the hard part and then but i feel like eventually once you get as time goes on you hit that you've hit that groove to where once one special is done it's like that new material it just keeps coming and coming we're not all nate bargazzi but we all try to be well it's not even that it's just anybody yeah i mean who could literally pump out one every year and constantly touring it constantly it's just i feel like once you get to that point i mean he's not I mean, God, if he ever listens to this, uh, you know, he's not the <laughs> sharpest type of the drawer. I mean, he, he worked at Applebee's his whole life. He has no other real work experience other than that, other than delivering packages in New York City for a little bit. But, I mean, I, I don't know how certain people's brains work, how you how you could be so witty and so creative and so fucking good. Um, like like him and, and many. I think it's just, you know, as time goes on, obviously you just get – you know, it just gets better as you go. But what is his process is no card, big fan of the no cards. What is kind really? of, I mean, how, yeah, still, uh, no card, no card, no card on his podcast. So he'll bring out no cards from when he first started. And that's still how he does it. But for you, what is, man, as your days going on, things are coming at you a, a thousand miles per hour and it could just be See. a second. Something hits you. Do you stop Reddit? What's your process? How do these things come See, together? I'm, I am really lucky that I have a very good memory. Yeah. And so I get by a lot of the time just remembering things. Yeah. So You're very it lucky. makes it <laughs> yeah, it makes it so much yeah. easier. Yeah. But then I also like once I'm kind of like so I'm always kind of like thinking about jokes a little mm -hmm. bit. Like I don't like write on paper. I just like think them through mm -hmm. in my head. Like I like walk the dog and I'm really thinking about jokes or like I'm writing jokes when I'm in the shower. I mm -hmm. write jokes all the time. 
and it's just thinking about it. But then I, I use the notes app in my phone. And so I start, there's always like one that's just like joke ideas. And that's just like anything that kind of comes up, just write it down. And then once I kind of start like working on them and polishing them, I have different notes for different topics mm-hmm. that I want to touch on. So then it becomes about how can I fit this joke in with other jokes about a similar topic so that it's not just, you know, a series of random jokes. Like I'm starting to kind of build out, you know, bits and kind of really dive into topics like as much and mine as much material out of them as I can. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, obviously, obviously I know you're, you're married, but do you ever, uh, do you ever run any of this stuff by her? It just doesn't, it's like hitting a brick wall. All it the, just doesn't all the time. Like that's what yeah. we'll, we'll walk the dog after dinner and she'll, she's a teacher. So she first always oh. talks about her day yeah. kind of goes through like whatever terrible things the kids yeah. did Which at school. Kids were little and, shits, then, yeah. and then it's like time for me to try out new joke ideas. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what yeah. we do. So she's always the first audience. Now, how long have y'all been together? Jokes uh together like eight and a half years oh, and married geez. for five five wow so coming up on six and oh gosh how do you do it uh my wife's a very nice person yeah she makes it very easy is to she is she with. within an earshot of you and that's why you just said this no, <laughs> no that, i'm joking <laughs> You just looked at her, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she's she's in the other room. No, no uh, she's, I, you know, that is something like, you know, she had, she was very nice. A lot of the other like teachers and people that works at her school came to uh, my big, uh, the special taping. Oh, that's great. And, yeah. But they were all like, does he make fun of you on stage? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Listen, no, no, I don't make fun of her. I genuinely like her. She's yeah. a very nice person. Like, I love her. Why would I make fun of her? Yeah. Well, wow. I just always think that's so weird how some comedians will be like so negative about their spouse. Yeah. And no, I mean, uh, obviously uh, once you're in it for as long as you have been, I think you develop the understanding that, Hey, I'm going to embellish on something. If I was wrong slightly, I'm just going to double down on it. Maybe 10 times more. Well, yeah. But the, the other thing too, is if everyone is going that way, then it's more fun and unique for you to go the other, the other way. way. Yeah. Because that's now you've got a different, uh, you know, stance point of view on like the whole marriage relationship thing. That's because like everyone has jokes about like mm-hmm. getting into fights with their wife, but my yeah. wife and I don't fight. So really? I have a joke about how we don't ever fight. Yeah. That's I wish because, you know, the funny thing is, is you're married to a teacher. I have my girlfriend. She's a teacher as well. And, uh, it's the best. <laughs> well, uh, the 90% of the, the talks are, you know, financials, right? It's not, depending on, <laughs> she's a she's a private school teacher up in Wisconsin. Uh, didn't make a lot of money, and a lot of it's... Oh, that's the problem. You got to go public school. Well, that's where the money is. Working for you. But up in the Milwaukee, it's like a lot of it's like, you know, she'll get, she did public for a little bit, a lot of death threats, things like that. It's like, ah, I don't want to deal with it. But... Uh, yeah, a lot my of wife it. teaches in the suburbs. That's not a problem. Ah, oh, yeah, no, she's she's doing great. But yeah, uh, the day usually starts. Ask her about her day. It's uh, she gives at least five or four names. This little fucking kid didn't do this. This person didn't do this. I don't get paid enough. How was your day? That's usually how it is, and it's it's pretty replete. But the day doesn't end there, right? Like I didn't realize that once you would with someone who who does do that. It's like they're still working outside of it, and they're not getting paid for it. Most of their work happens outside. It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of late emails and things like that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, it's 10.30 p.m. night sending an email. What are you doing working? No, you're not. You're not getting paid. Yes, I am. You know, got to do it. It's brutal. But uh, how did y'all meet? Did y'all meet at uh, NIU? 
No, we met at a uh, comedy show Com- at oh, the uh, wow. Comedy Shrine. Were you were Ish. you doing uh, your stuff? So I, uh, well, I was supposed to. She was. I was gonna. I was in an improv show that got canceled, oh, and she was like one happen. of the only four people <laughs> that was going to be in the crowd. And she was there with someone who was like a mutual friend, mm-hmm. and so we kind of met and started talking that way. Yeah, uh, that's the easy way. Well, thankfully that uh, thankfully you didn't have to get up because that may have not happened, right? Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it it worked out the way that it did. Mm. We're all very happy about that. Yeah. Now uh, I've seen you. I've you know I've I've talked to you many times, like in and out of clubs, but uh, I've I've seen you open and stuff like that. But generally, from what I've just trying to bring back all this stuff because it's been a while. I feel like you're more of a cleaner, correct? You're more on that clean side. You know, side. that's what I always thought, but then I recently had to get a clean clip together. And you struggle. Something, and I don't have <laughs> any, like, I curse way more than really? I would have ever thought. It's because I, see, this is the same reaction that other people had. I just look like a nice, likable person on stage. It's your cadence, so too. You deliver it. Yeah, people just assume yeah. that I don't swear, mm-hmm. but I do all the time. Like I, I couldn't get a ten-minute clip together from really? all like my stuff that had that didn't have any swears in it, and it was like I needed, so I couldn't send in a clip, and I didn't end up getting booked for a show because I didn't have a clean clip. Really, there's got to be ten minutes, of Jack Baker, clean. I feel I mean, like I, I have do, seen it. You know what I mean? I could do ten minutes clean. I do it all the time, but like I didn't have any like actual clips, and I also lost my computer. Hmm. Like it died. That had all my old stuff on it, where I could have probably found something. So I didn't have it. You gotta get one of these these little like uh, external hard drive things. Got a bunch of these. I mean, they're so cheap. They're like fifty bucks to get like a I know. one terabyte. But you now. never you never assume that to, that's gonna be the yeah. day that your computer blue screens and deaths on you. Yeah, no, that's why I got a bunch of them because that happened to me with my photos. I've lost everything before, every every single photo I've ever taken. I mean, you know, there's like five years. Like the first five years I started photography, everything was gone. So now every time I do a shoot, I save. Yeah, I got five of these. I save copies to all five just in case. That's, like, it's a little excessive. It is is yeah, in case in case something happened to your computer and the first four drives and whatever cloud system. You it's have, a little psychotic. Still have one more. Yeah, but I mean that's everything. I mean, could you imagine every every video, everything you had documented prior to the special just gone with no chance of ever getting it back? It'd be hard to, I mean, you'd still be able to do what you're doing, but it'd be hard to put yourself out there even more because you don't have that prior stuff to push. So that's why I'm lucky. I just, I, I just have it all in my head. So mm. I'd be able to recreate it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of what I did. I took a year basically off during COVID time. You stopped completely? Yeah, I took a year off. It was real. I wasn't really happy with comedy before COVID. I was kind of like just stuck. What do you and mean? It wasn't like, Elaborate on that. It, like career wise, I was just kind of not progressing and I wasn't like really having fun mm-hmm. anymore. So it was really nice to take a really long break. And then when I kind of came back to it, I feel like uh, there were a lot of, you know, newer, younger comedians mm-hmm. who were much like happier and had a posi- much more positive outlook than all of the old farts of me that had been around beforehand and just kind of like bitter, just, just negativity ugh. in the scene. So there was like new people and it was good because I, no one knew who I was. So mm-hmm. I had to like prove myself again and kind of like really work at it. And that was like really good and kind of helped me, you know, have 
fun with mm -hmm. it again. So you said you're at a point where you're very frustrated. What was it? Was it just like, just wasn't happy with the work you were doing or? Yeah, I wasn't happy with my material. I was kind of like not, you know, getting new material that I liked. I wasn't really having fun doing the old jokes. It was kind of not, you know, uh, not getting booked on like the shows that I wanted to get booked on. Just kind of all that crap that comes along with comedy. Yeah, you took a year off. You didn't do any of those, any of those virtuals. You didn't do anything for one year. No, I did one outdoor show. How was that? And it was like, it was I mean, it was the full comedy experience all in one show. Like it was sold out and the crowd was great, but the show started like an hour and a half late. And then mm, yeah, I got I paid less than I was supposed to. And it was like, I got to experience all of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one, one show. Yeah. Like, the, the comedy part was so fun. It was like 20 minutes and the crowd was like awesome. It was like super fun. They were really into it the whole time. But then just all the other stuff around the show. It was like, oh yeah, this is why I don't I always left like it for a year. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that's got to be hard, though, right? You do it for so long, and then you take a year off. Finding, did you find different ways to generate? I mean, did you did you did you adapt to like a different process, or was that process stayed the same throughout that break of of creating and coming up with your bits? Um, I feel like, you know, during like COVID, I was trying to write jokes mm -hmm. a lot, even though I wasn't performing and none of those jokes ever worked. Like all the stuff that I wrote during COVID while not performing, none of it ever worked. And not a single joke that I wrote during that time ended up in the special. That I oh, taped. wow. Really? But then like so much of the stuff that I started writing as soon as I got back to actually performing was just like so good. And that was kind of like a big huge part of mm -hmm. the special but i think you have to i don't think i mean at least for me i can't write jokes without performing them kind of immediately like i can't just write material so it's all spoken word and then if you need to write you you go in and tool it out then that way yeah and just kind of like the <clears throat> editing process that's where i really like actually like sit down and mm -hmm. like write it down yeah. you know and I know you mentioned obviously doing marketing and things like that, but I think the one thing we all learned during COVID was if you don't, if you are in, you know, doing what you want to do with, with comedy, if you don't know how to uh, market yourself, um, <laughs> you consider yourself good as dead. All these people doing these little TikToks, these captions, I don't know how to do any of this shit. I'm, I, I consider myself pretty savvy. I mean, I could do documentaries, I've done things like that, but the staying on top of content, posting, things like that, uh, how did you adapt to that? I mean, because I feel like during COVID, everyone learned how to do it. Everyone learned how to post and do all these different things. Yeah. Did you figure out and find that if doing that is beneficial to you in the long run? I mean, how did you adapt? I, to I mean, I know how to do all that stuff because it's part of my job. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't. But that's a full time job stuff. in itself. Right, and I. It's like when I get done with work, I don't want to then come home and do the same stuff now with comedy. And so, I mean, I don't really do nearly as much like social media stuff as I should, mm -hmm. but that was also part of the reason for me doing the special is now I have, you have that as backing you know, 45 minutes of, you know, professional quality professional stuff. That's going to look yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to kind of be able to cut up. And now I also, I think the other, the, the other problem too, is that people have with like their clips and things like mm -hmm. that is like views don't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. You have to, it's how you, and you, it's how you get those people. engaging. 
Right. It's how you get those people to take the next step. Right. How do you convert people that watch your stuff into fans? Like you need something for them to do beyond just watching your, you know, minute long TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, like when I have the special, now I have actually something that I can drive those people to watch. So I like have something, you know, to give them. And that's, and, you know, I feel like if I can get someone to watch my special, I feel like that's, you know, someone that would be a Jack Baker fan and yeah, hopefully, Jack, you know, Jack pay Baker. for yeah. shows. Exactly. T-shirts, pay for merch. shows. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, and what, yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm going to be, you know, once I get the special and the final cut done, that's kind of the, I have to put an actual strategy together and like plan out my content like I would for one of our clients. Yeah, there you go. Well, that that's going to be good. At what point, like, at when did you realize, like, okay, I'm ready to do this? Like, as far as the special goes, how long ago did you figure out that, okay, I want to put this together? So it was, uh, I was at the uh, Comedy Vault mm -hmm. in Batavia. I was featuring for uh, Mike Cannon. Oh, okay. Very funny comedian. Mm -hmm. Uh, we just had a really great weekend and I had, I knew that I kind of, I, I really wanted to perform, uh, do it there because oh, okay. I love that room mm -hmm. and uh, I've just had a really good experience like performing there and working with them. And so I just kind of asked, I was like, hey, would you guys be open to this? And even more is just like a general kind of question, mm -hmm. not like a specific date. And they were like, yeah, we would love to have that. And the fact that they were like so excited about it right away, I was like, shit, let's get a date on the calendar and let's do this. And then so I kind of put it for like six months mm -hmm. ahead. So it was like back in like August. And I said, oh, all right, wow. February. And so that's when we kind of got the date on the calendar. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, I wasn't ready in August. <laughs> But it was like, I know that if I have a date, like I'll be I have ready. to get ready mm -hmm. and I will be ready. Right. And I mean, I, I was by the time, you know, we got there, I kind of did like I always wanted to be like 45 minutes. I kind of got to there, got the material to where I wanted it to be. But again, it's it wasn't like one day where I woke up and I was like, I'm now ready I'm this. ready. Yeah, it's just no. kind of like more like just gradual improvement and kind of trying to get better every single day yeah now you said you want to do it at the vault what is it about the place i mean i was there i've known mike uh i've, I've known mike longer than i've known liz um uh obviously because of even i used to do music there all the time and then the whole comedy thing came up which was exciting because as people in the suburbs when <laughs> pheasant run went to shit and zany's went bye-bye you know you had nowhere to go to locally i mean well you had the the shrine but i feel like there's they weren't good. Yeah, well, well it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Peasant Run was you also said it. not great either. You said it. Thank you. Jack Baker said it, not me. So you had the vault then, and then you started to get these people, and it felt, it felt good. But what was it about the vault? Why that spot? I mean, you've done you've done your, you know, I'm sure you've done Zanies, right? Rosemont, yeah. Old Town. Uh, why the vault? What what? Why that place? I feel like they have uh, really good energy. Mm -hmm. I like. Uh, I like the setup of the room. I feel yeah. like the room is set up really well for comedy. Like I personally don't like a big stage. Mm -hmm. I don't like a tall stage. I like to be kind of right down Low with ceiling. the audience. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. the, uh, have you ever been at CG's comedy club in I've Bowling been there. Brook? Yeah. Is another uh, one. It feels like a living room. Yeah. I uh, love that room. It is yeah. so much fun to perform there. Cause you were just like so close and the, and the comedy vaults like that, but just bigger. Mm -hmm. So it seats like 200. And so it's just, it feels like really 
intimate, even mm-hmm. though it is kind of, you know, it does yeah, seat yeah. 200 mm-hmm. people. And that's kind of the, that's the feel that I like when I perform. Like I'm not like a big flashy comedian. Like I don't really like performing on a big stage cause I'm not going to use that whole stage. Yeah. You know, I like the kind of, I like it to be, uh, intimate. I mm-hmm. want, I comedy can be more like personal. And so I kind of want, you know, to bring people in and kind of get them on like, you know, my wavelength. Yeah. I like, and then I feel like the comedy vault really lends itself to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, versus the, where somewhere like the laugh factory. I mean, like you, I, you have to look or your eyes have to follow you. You're tracking yeah. the room. I think, isn't there an upstairs there? Yeah, there's a balcony. And I like, mean, yeah. I can do it, but that's just not, that's not how I like to mm-hmm. perform. Yeah, no, and that's so an added like thing you have to incorporate within your routine because you have to, you can't just stand there and work. You have to move around. And I feel like that's got to be hard. I mean, I don't do it, but I'm assuming yeah. one who has, it's it's got to be difficult because that's like an added task. Well, and the other thing too is like the, uh, the improv in Schomburg seats like 400 people. Oh, that thing's a tank. I've been in the one yeah, up in Brookfield so, in Wisconsin. That thing's huge too. It's so big. It it takes at least like until the late show Friday before I'm like, oh my timing. I have to <laughs> let I have to leave more time because the people in the back, the laughs will go backwards. Yeah, and if you go too time, fast, yeah. you're gonna step over the laughs from the people in the back. And the people and in the back like, won't hear what the yeah. It's just weird. Like you don't think about that you know, in a small room, but then when you get in a room that size or you get into like a theater or something like or that, arenas. you really have to, Ugh. yeah, it changes how you have to like perform and you really have to like pause and you have to enunciate and you can't really like riff or anything. Right. You kind of have to stick to like the punch and really like punch and emphasize like your P's and stuff like that. Mm. And you don't think about that as much in smaller rooms because right. everyone's kind of, you know, easier to be on the same wavelength. Sure. No, I get that. I feel like uh, there's a guy, uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure as well, obviously Pat McGann, uh, who's made that progression. I mean, he's done the smaller rooms, boom. He's doing the Frick Chicago Theater. Just him on the bill. I think he's going to have, it is. I mean, he, uh, Bastion obviously was um, big, a big part of that uh, as well. But I mean, I couldn't, I'm, I'm, I've never, I've told myself like the theater size is the biggest I would ever see a comedian. I've said the same thing, but the I'm thing not is, gonna... but I'm going to see Nate Bargatze down in Nashville, uh, April 15th with my girlfriend. We take it a vacation, uh, much needed for us. But we're going down there and we're seeing Nate at the Bridgestone arena. And I told myself, I told, I, I told Aaron, uh, Weber and Brian Bates who I do the Nate land podcast with them. I said, yeah, I'll be there, but I don't know how I'm feeling really about it. Like, what do you, like I, I, I told myself I would never want to see that because I don't know really how engaging you could be unless you're within the front rows. Because what are you gonna do? I mean, you. I feel like you have. It's gotta be an intimate thing. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. not gonna be able to see, you know, uh, certain comedians in that capacity, right? Unless they do some surprise no-show announcement like Rogan did at Zany Chicago in the summer, which is crazy. Um, but I, I'm I'm kind of having mixed feelings about it because I love Nate, I love his comedy. But I told myself I'd never see someone in an arena, and I'm doing it. Um, would you? I said I've always yeah. said the same thing. I would. The Chicago Theater is the biggest place I would go. I know I love Mulaney, and he was at the United Center. And it's like I'm not getting tickets. Was that, that was like a oh I have to request off half day to try to find a ticket though. I mean, it, it, but I just I'm just not gonna do that. I'm just you just not don't feel like you feel it like you would not enjoy it as much as. That's not how I like to watch comedy. Huh? 
I get it. I know I'm having mixed feelings about it, but I'm doing it. It's going to be a good show, though. So it's Nate. It's then Aaron Weber, Brian Bates from Nate Land, and then Dusty Slay and Nate Bargetti. Oh, so that's a full that's a yeah full, that's, a, that's a lineup yeah i mean dusty he's uh i love dusty big fan of him i'd love to see him at the vault or try to get him he was just at i think zany's old town yeah yeah dusty's great who are some of the guys that uh you are kind of digging in right now who do you, if you uh, had I, top mean, I five like, i like nate a lot yeah uh, my favorite comedian's rory scoville oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah i like the spontaneity and the feeling like anything New York could guy. happen yeah. when he's on stage mm-hmm um, I, uh, I, I love, uh, Kristen Toomey. She is the uh, funniest comedian. Probably in one Chicago. of the best female ones in Chicago. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. She always makes me laugh. Uh, Maria Bamford still okay. love her. I love, uh, just how I feel. <laughs> I feel like she's the most honest comedian. Like you get a lot of people who are, like pretend to be like, I tell the truth. And I, like, I'm not afraid <laughs> of anything. And then she's out there and it's like, Oh no, you, you're you really are. <laughs> she's, like, real. Like you get into her brain and I mm-hmm. kind of like that, how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. Um, get back to your special really quick. So who are the, I know I saw it look like, uh, Flanagan came out for that night for you, right? Who else? How did that yeah. come to be? I mean, who did you ask? How did that? Were they readily available? Was it just kind of a, oh, shit, we're doing it? Like, how'd that come it was, to be? Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, uh, Jim Flanagan hosted. I think he was on your podcast previously. Yeah, I had him on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he hosted. I was uh, very excited. He is a headliner, so it was very nice that he yeah. wanted to host. Uh, but he's just a, a good friend, good and dude, he was yeah. someone who kind of, uh, we did some writing together, and so he oh, kind wow. of like helped with a couple of the jokes. Yeah. Kind of like uh, last summer, that's what we were trying to do was like write and help each other a lot. Like Is that, that before he got hit by the bike, or before he got hit by the car, or after? I think that was one of the jokes that we were working on. Still, was the thing that is about one of my favorite hit. jokes. It's a good one. The way he delivers it. I mean, he. Uh, I the, the one part in there was I liked when he was saying the lady kept saying. I'm so sorry I didn't see you. I didn't see you. And he's like, yeah, well, lady, if he did see me, we'd have a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, he did that one at the show. Yeah. It was great. Uh, and then I also had uh, Matt Drufke. Huh. He did a set as well, who was probably my oldest uh, friend okay. in comedy. So uh, he, he was like uh, booking the comedy shrine mm-hmm. when I first got hired to like run lights. And so he was like the host uh for like most of the shows and mm-hmm. so he, he would like yell at me in the light booth <laughs> for always screwing things up that was pretty much how every show started and from there we've been friends for like a really long time uh so i was really excited to have the two of them on the show mm-hmm. it's kind of it was good to have like pros on the show because right, right, there right, were so yeah. many things that like went wrong at the beginning of oh, the show no, really like what well, well, one of the uh, one of the camera people accidentally unplugged the stage lights oh, at one point when Matt was on stage, <laughs> and so he but he was like he just went with it. He's yeah. like, I don't care, I can yell in the dark, and he just like did that kind of thing, and it was really funny. And then when uh, when Flanagan you know got back on after mm-hmm. Matt, they had to pull in a ladder because the comedy <laughs> vault has a camera mounted up, okay, like uh, they have in like the a back high wall. camera mounted, sort of yeah, like Zany's Rosemont. This. They screw it on the wall, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, oh, that camera wasn't set to record. Oh, so they had to pull in a ladder so that they could turn it on. And it was like, and so they were like, Jim, we need you to do a joke. And he just immediately went into another bit. 
and it, it crushed while yeah. they're like pulling in this ladder and so it, it was so nice to have like two people that i knew that i could count on to do mm-hmm. like whatever happened they were going to be you know good and able to go with it and the crowd yeah. was going to be super hot by the time i got on stage yeah no that's good too because i mean jim you know i haven't seen it yet uh i haven't asked him in a while but i know he just did he did his i think his first special right before COVID, i believe he recorded an album in march of 2020 2020. but i i don't know has it come out yet i haven't seen it it's it has not i think some of it is i ask him about it all the time really yeah yeah, i've been waiting there's some tracks that were like on satellite radio but i don't think he's ever done like a full it was filmed though too i believe right I think so. Yeah. Damn, yeah, I've been waiting. I've not. Uh, I've not. I've seen. I saw the photos from the night of and all that stuff. And it was literally like then the next week the world shut down. Yeah, we went. Uh, my my wife and I went, and yeah. they weirdly sat us in the front row. Oh, that's always great. Yeah, and so that was <laughs> gonna be like so fun. Like Jim's going out to do his big recording, and there's and here me we are just the sitting right row. there. Yeah, yeah. It was all comedians. I don't know what Zany's Rosemont was thinking. It was like uh, Cameron usually... Little and Emily Schaefer got sat next to us. And we went with uh, Eric Resendiz, who's like another comedian who yeah. I used to run shows with in St. Charles. You put them a little bit in the back, you know. So they put us all in the front. Like when I, you know, did mine, I said specifically, I was like, no comics in the front. I don't want the front to be anyone that I know. Mm-hmm. And then and they did that for me because the vault is the best. Yeah. <laughs> we did, uh, did your folk, did your mom come out for that, folks? She did. Yeah, my mom and my stepdad came, and then my uh, sister and her husband came. Oh, wow. I had uh, a couple aunts and uncles that came out, which is very nice. That's pretty good. It was, good. Uh, some it was of very them, nice. Were some of them Sorry? the first time they saw you doing it? Yeah, oh. for my, oh. my aunt and uncle, the kind of extended family. It was like the first time. I had a group of coworkers come. Oh, jeez. Like my boss. No, they were great. My oh. boss offered to buy anyone who wanted to go tickets. <laughs> That's awesome. They're like super supportive. They were like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it was, they were so uh, cool. And like, yeah, I feel like, cause we're, we're like an advertising agency. Okay. So you're oh, like, no, it's, you there's not really like rules and things like yeah, that. No, no, like no. we have a beer fridge downstairs. Like we have that like, at my work too. It's a, it's a laid back place. Yeah, on so. Fridays, usually around two o'clock bar is open lock is unlocked and let's go back <laughs> ours there. isn't locked it's just, that's just part of the fridge that where we put our lunch and stuff <laughs> oh yeah no they gotta they lock it up it's like full thing whiskey margaritas cosmos wow. everything full freaking bar usually on fridays but they do it uh, at a time on fridays which is asinine so we get out of work at four on fridays nine to it's nine to five Monday through thursday eight to four on fridays but they usually do it around two on fridays and it's like you're having drinks by i mean you're not ready to drive home at that time <laughs> you know people are just slushed I'm like i'll have one you know gotta get home but then the people in the warehouse are just freaking half in the bag like, what the <laughs> hell but uh, well yeah the warehouse people are always the I ones mean, they're that like, you want to party uh, yeah, with beer fridge give me i'll text 10 of my cousins tell them to come on back <laughs> you know but uh well it's good bit so you just did the special when is it uh what's the medium for it because i know they have a, i mean from what i understand i don't know if it's like coming out in like a you know, I don't know if I don't know how it works. I have never done it, but uh, w- how's it being? Is it coming out on a label? Is it coming out through a you know, company? I, I've considered all of my options. I think I'm just going to release it YouTube? myself through my own YouTube channel. Sure, I yeah, think yeah. I uh, I will definitely care more about promoting it than any of those labels. Yeah, full will. control and over it. Yeah. Yeah, I I want full creative control. It was my baby. I put up the yeah. money to film it. I don't think anyone else should get a cut of whatever comes from it. Mm-hmm. I want I want full control and I will 
you know, whatever happens with it, it'll be all on me. Yeah, so. no, that's great, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you doing this, Jack. Yeah, thank you. There you have it, folks. Me and Jack Baker doing the thing again. It's been so long. Uh, that was good. That was very good. Like I said in the intro, felt like an early COVID episode of the podcast. Very fun conversation. Uh, be sure to check out Jack's special when it drops. I will definitely be sharing all that stuff when it does come out. Uh, if you're local uh, in the area, the Midwest area, uh, Illinois area to be exact, you can check Jack out at the Vixen in McHenry, Illinois on March 15th. He'll be headlining Byers Brewing in downtown DeKalb, Illinois on March 18th, and then I'll be headlining, this was a mouthful, get ready, Billy Corgan's Madam Zuzu's Tea House in Highland Park, Illinois on March 24th. All that information will be included in the episode notes as always. Me and Jack Baker, very funny comedian, uh, very great conversation, uh, had a lot of fun. Till next time, stay safe and be well. <laughs>